0: Ah... And we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. So however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways all righty folks today is the day march madness we're about like five minutes away from tip-off of the first game absolutely fantastic basketball on literally all day Today, noon one two three four five six seven eight nine ten o'clock so um, if you're working, unfortunate, try to get out get, get out of that office as soon as you can, so you can, you know, just plant yourself and watch your bracket win if you paid attention to what we were saying, or lose if you did if you did not heed our advice. Um. So yeah, we're gonna be um. We've got it. We've got the game on right here, so we'll be breaking down if anything's wild is gonna happen I do want to quickly before we even start the show just kind of quickly look at the lines for this game The first game up tipping off in literally five minutes five minutes 20 seconds The countdown is on so let's see if we can get any great value because Yesterday our proof of concept for the first four plan games due to our algorithm actually all hit all four games hit. We picked all four winners correctly based on our algorithm so that hey the proof of concept is there now They just have to go and do jobs um, during the actual games here. So, hey, we know what we're talking about here, folks. We know what we're talking about here, folks. Uh, so here we go. The first game up is Virginia Tech and Florida. Uh, we have, let's go to our bracket really quickly. We've got... Oh, and we can also look at everybody else's brackets. Absolutely fantastic. Everybody chose Gonzaga in our bracket. All righty. <laughs> All righty. Um, the first game up, Virginia and Florida. We predicted... Trying to find where they are here. I believe it's a 7-10 matchup. All right, here we go. The 7-10 in the South... Florida versus Virginia Tech. We have Virginia Tech upsetting Florida here, so let's see what the spread is. Virginia Tech minus one and a half. That's basically just picking the winner, so we will have a live bet here. Literally tipping off in four minutes. We'll kind of monitor it throughout the entire show, but Virginia Tech minus one and a half. We've got them winning straight up. No problem there. We love that. I also want to draw attention quickly because this game tips off at 1245. The Colgate-Arkansas game, folks. We love Colgate heavy here, folks the So, and the great thing about Colgate is that they're 14th seed, so we can get some great value on their spreads. And here it is, folks. Uh, not only do we have Colgate winning this game, against Arkansas we've got them going all the way to the elite eight folks so we do truly heavily believe in them our algorithm heavily believes in them and our algorithm was just all right yesterday of the four games so you got to trust it a little bit here and we get great value Colgate plus eight and a half folks bury this hammer this bury it again because it came back alive and you had to hit it again hit it again with some more money to get it to finally die so you can finally bury it hammer Colgate plus eight and a half folks I think they went out right, but this is great value, plus 8.5 points against Arkansas. Our algorithm is proving right, folks. We got to bet it while it's hot. So here it is, Colgate plus 8.5 for the 1245 game, and then Virginia Tech minus 1.5 for the noon game. Um, we'll come back to this because we'll have a little bit more time to talk about it before all the action starts. Uh, the uh, The third game starts at 1.15, so we do have a little bit of time to squeeze those in. Um, or should we just do it now? Let's just do it now. Why not? Get everybody on track on the same page here for our moneymaker. So we will, we will keep Virginia Tech minus 1.5 and Colgate plus 8.5. Now, let's see what other games are on today to see if we can find any other good value. We are looking for the value. Drexel, Illinois. Holy cow. Drexel plus 22.5. Wow. I can't believe that's a big old spread. We do have Illinois winning the entire thing or getting into the final four. Uh, We probably won't play around with this spread. Uh, 22 is a lot. I mean, holy cow. Uh, So, no. Not really great value there. Utah State, Texas Tech. Let's see what they're about. We've got Utah State with the upset over Texas Tech. So let's see if we can cash in on some nice value here. Utah State plus four. I like that. We'll take that as well. Utah State over Texas Tech. Utah State plus four tipping off at 145. All righty. Oral Roberts in Ohio State. Uh, we do like Ohio State. We got Ohio State going to the Sweet 16, so we're not going to be swallowing all those points. That's a lot of points to be swallowing, especially in March Madness. I mean, folks, you anything can happen. So I would, I would highly suggest not really swallowing anything over like eight points here. If uh, you want to bet games that have kind of like high spreads, I would always take the points, especially here in March Madness. Uh, so we're not going to be swallowing anything big. Um, so Oral Roberts, Ohio State going to stay away from that one. Hartford, Baylor. We do like Baylor a lot. Uh, so once again, I mean, the spread is big. We got Baylor going all the way to the championship game. Uh, but I'm not swallowing 25 points. All right, Georgia Tech in Loyola, Chicago. This is interesting because I think Loyola, Chicago is actually uh, the underdog here. And uh, they are uh, actually losing points. So, here we go. Loyola-Chicago versus Georgia Tech. Oh, it's an 8-9 matchup, so very close. Uh, we do have Loyola-Chicago winning this game, but we will stay away from it because the spread is 5, 5.5. No real great value there. Alrighty, righty, Oregon State-Tennessee, four thirty 30 matchup. Where is Oregon State at? Let me look at it like this expedite some of this. Here we go. Oregon State, Georgia Tech. Oregon State, Tennessee, (laughs) we should say. All right, here it is. Okay, that's not what I'm trying to click. Okay. I thought I just had it. All right, Tennessee, Oregon State. We got uh, Tennessee winning. They are the favorites, in their minus eight and they're minus 8.5, so we will not take that. All right, Liberty, Oklahoma. Ooh, I think we can get something good with Liberty. Do we have Liberty with the upset? We did. We did. (laughs) Liberty over Oklahoma State, so we might be able to get some good value here. Liberty plus seven. Yes! We've got the winning outright, folks. Come on! Yes, this is going to be a good matchup. These are close. Our algorithm taking these upsets, we believe heavily in them. And we're getting seven points. We will hammer that. Yes, sir! Already some great value. already day one. Alright, let's see uh, if we can keep it going here. Wisconsin, North Carolina... We've got UNC winning, and the spread is closed, minus 1.5, so we'll probably stay away from that one. we got great value elsewhere. Uh, Cleveland State, Houston, we love Houston, and it's minus 20. We're not swallowing that. North Texas and Purdue, we've got Purdue winning. And it's Purdue minus 7, so we're not going to take that. Not really any great value there. Syracuse, San Diego State. Okay, I think I like this. Uh, San Diego State minus 3. We do have San Diego State beating Syracuse. And I don't think Syracuse is going to be that good. And San Diego State is actually, actually really good. We got them advancing all the way to the Sweet 16. Um, and they would probably go a little bit further. They are just ha- they just have to face Houston, unfortunately. So we will take San Diego State minus 3. I think that's real great value there because they are a very good ge- team where Syracuse is not that Great. Alrighty, righty. State in West Virginia. We've got West Virginia beating Morehead State. Morehead State is the underdog. They're getting 13 points. We're not going to take that. Winthrop and Villanova. There it is. Winthrop plus six and a half. Love that as well. Winthrop is going to upset Villanova today. That's that's a fact, folks. We know this. We are super impressed by Winthrop. We uh, have them going all the way to the Sweet 16. Once again, they would probably go a little bit further. They just unfortunately have to run into Baylor and Baylor's real good. So we will take Winthrop plus six and a half. So we've got some great value here today. That's the last game of the night, 957 tip-off, Winthrop over Villanova. but we got a great uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 team working right now, officially 6 team. Can't get that uh, other game in because it's already tipped off. It's uh, 2 nothing Florida three minutes into the game. <laughs> um, so we got Virginia Tech minus 1.5, so they better step it up right here. Here it is. Are they going to get their first shot? Oh, easy, under the basket. That's easy money right there. Alrighty. so we will be tracking Virginia Tech minus 1.5 throughout the show. Colgate plus 8.5. I think that's the best bet of the night folks i would just hammer that all day utah plus state or utah state plus four liberty plus seven san diego state minus three and winthrop plus six and a half all great value i mean folks if you had that 16 parley going it's all gonna hit and it's gonna be a lot of money so um we'll see what happens on the first official day of our algorithm but yesterday kind of the just the proof of concept hitting all four of the playing games. so fantastic Alrighty, so that's just uh, some business to clean up on March Madness as it begins, as it tips off, because our show will be live throughout March Madness. I mean, we go live noon, games are tipping off at 12.15, so uh, we'll be able to try to squeeze in our moneymakers of the NCAA tournament right at the beginning of the show. Alright, so now that we have all that out of the way, we got all the urgent business out of the way, let's continue on with the show today. I am going to try, I don't even know if we're going to be able to squeeze in, I want to still do power rankings in the NBA, it is Friday, and it's our first power ranking after the All-Star break, so I do want to try to get that in. I do want to still try to get our MVP topic, so let's just try to go through all this quickly, folks, but once again, there's just a lot to talk about. It's free agent period, folks, in the NFL, what more do y'all want from us? So here we go, let's just start it here, stories of the day. All right, Patrick Peterson, he is going to Minnesota. Great spot for him. Now, he is kind of aging out of this league. He is getting up here. This is probably going to be his last team. I thought Arizona was going to be his last team. I thought he was going to stay there forever, but uh, um, he is going to Minnesota the Vikings, and we know Mike Zimmer did not like that defense, and this offense is really good. I mean, Kirk Cousins is a serviceable quarterback. Don't get us wrong. He's a game manager quarterback. I don't want to put him above average, uh, because above average game manager, that's where we put Ryan Tannehill at, uh, but I want to put him at maybe an average game manager for Kirk Cousins, and then you got um, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. I mean, come on. That's actually great talent, and then you got Dalvin Cook. Come on. Don't tell me they should not be winning more games than they should be, so Definitely got to shore up their defense a little bit, and they did that with cornerback Patrick Peterson going to Minnesota. Alrighty, Chargers. They sign tight end Jared Cook. Now, this is actually a great kind of weapon for Justin Herbert, a nice catching tight end. He's not tier one catching tight end. Um, he is 6'5", great height there. Uh, he, he's never been a 1,000-yard tight end receiver uh, he the most he's done is uh, almost 900 yards, which is absolutely fantastic with Oakland. The last two seasons he had 700 yards and 500 yards, but his touchdowns in the last three seasons six touchdowns, nine touchdowns, seven touchdowns using him in the red zone, and that's what the Chargers are going to be doing. They could probably use him down the field a little bit more as well because Justin Herbert and they uh, you know has the arm and has the placement to you know hit. Whoever, wherever on the field. So, this is actually a great signing for the Chargers, just giving Justin Herbert more weapons. And we saw what Justin Herbert did this season with really not that many weapons. I mean, who were really the Chargers wide receivers? Who were their weapons? So, uh, and he set record after record after rookie record <laughs> first season in. So, the man is going to be great. Oh, yes, sir, Virginia Tech hitting another three. They go up 10-6. I mean, come on, folks, come on. Virginia Tech minus one and a half. That was easy money. Uh, but back to, back to Jared Cook here. Absolutely magnificent signing here. One year, $6 million to the Chargers, helping out Justin Herbert. And then I like this one as well. Getting these younger quarterbacks, these good quarterbacks, good tight end safety blanket weapons. The Giants just picked one up as well. They pick up Kyle Rudolph from the Vikings on a two-year, $16 million deal. Now, Kyle Rudolph, not the greatest catching tight end. Uh, Not really. Uh, Jared Cook is a little bit of a better catcher than Kyle Rudolph is. But Kyle Rudolph is kind of a great blocking tight end. He can catch the ball, use him in the red zone. The most yards he ever caught for in a season was 840. And then the second highest after that was like 600. So he really has never really gotten that close to that 1,000-yard season by a tight end. And that is something that is kind of new that is emerging in this league. It's really just been set off by, you know, Gronk and Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Uh, You know, Jared Cook, um, Kyle Rudolph, you know, they, you know, started early, uh, you know, Kyle Rudolph just came in in 2011, and Jared Cook's been in here since 2009. So, you know, a little bit of older, you know, the old-school tight ends not really catching up to, oh, we actually kind of need to be basically receivers as well because Travis Kelsey was the second-leading um, weapon as a, at the tight end position, which is crazy. So, these... T- Tight ends are still very good. They're just not the tier one new school, new age of tight ends that are playing right now. But definitely a great safety blanket once again for Daniel Jones, beefing up that offense a little bit, you know, getting more uh, offensive playmaking weapons around Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. That's what's going to make them successful offensively, and they're on their way to do it. Let's praise this Giants organization uh, for picking up some nice pieces here in free agency. Alrighty, another signing here. This one, it's a running back. Kenyon Drake agrees to a two year, $11 million deal with the Raiders. Once again, absolutely fantastic. He's a great number two running back. Absolutely. He can be a number one. He'd be, you know, a little bit of an okay number one. But the backup, Josh Jacobs, yes, sir. Kenyon Drake is going to fit in absolutely perfectly here. They've got a lot of speed on this Raiders offensive side of the ball. Um, all of them can run. And just last year, Kenyon Drake with the Cardinals ran for 950 55 yards and 10 touchdowns so yes and now you just put him in kind of the backup to Josh Jacobs he's still going to be able to make it work so we'll see what happens with this Raiders team if John Gruden can kind of get his team on track because they really have a nice offense here they need to be able to run it good and they need to be able to sustain that great offensive production throughout the entire season not like the last two seasons with the Raiders where they're great the first eight games offensively and kind of defensively but then that back half of the season man they get exposed get figured out they don't really change anything up and then they end up missing the playoffs ever after having a really great start to the season so it happened already two years in a row for John Gruden one more year we're gonna have to start looking at him of being that kind of reason of the non-success the Raiders are having uh, but once again a good pickup here running back Kenyon Drake going to the Raiders. Alrighty, and then the Dolphins got their guy And I'm a little excited about this one Not because of what we actually got But because of what we're not going to get So here we go Dolphins signed wide receiver Will Fuller to a one year deal Nice six foot wide receiver He is unfortunately suspended for the first game of the season Because he got suspended six games at the end of last season With only five games to go So it carries over to this season as well And it was for like PED use Um, He he claimed that, you know, just uh, this new regimen he was on he didn't know come on come on uh so he tried to play the system there last season in houston and it did not work but i mean he's a solid receiver i mean six foot you know that's you know that's the minimum i want my receivers unless you're tyreek hill going up and playing like you're six five uh but yeah six foot for will fuller never had the thousand yard receiving but what we do get with Will Fuller is sure hands the last three seasons 71% catch percentage 69% catch percentage 70% catch percentage So the last three years basically averaging 70% we'll take that now for the yards in the last three seasons 500 yards four touchdowns 670 yards three touchdowns 879 yards eight touchdowns that was just last season so he is getting better almost every single season the catch percentages are there so you know kind of a young and emerging wide receiver out here. Give this man an option, Uh, you know, line him up opposite side of Devontae Parker. And I think we got a nice little kind of, you know, wide receiver game. Now, what? Uh, since we do get Will Fuller, we're probably not going to get Juju Smith-Schuster. And I don't want to knock Juju Smith-Schuster too much, but I mean, at some point, we really got to kind of take a solid look at Juju Smith-Schuster with the off-field antics and his on-field production to really see, is it really worth signing Juju Smith-Schuster? So the fact that we got Will, Will Fuller probably means we don't get Juju, and I'm kind of all right with that. Um, just that off-field antics and then dancing on those logos it's just disrespect and he's not even doing it he's just doing it for tiktok and i mean like i get it you know go and make revenue other places i don't mind that i'm sure he's getting a lot of money off of tiktok endorsements uh but still at the end of the day i mean you're you're hurting your entire team and i do i really don't want that in the locker room unfortunately so Will Fuller to the Dolphins. Um, now, hopefully, we just get a wide receiver in the draft and we're Gucci to go and we're, you know, Super Bowl champions next season, just like that. Easy. Alrighty, Jets news right here. They sign Rams and uh, X. Rams and Raider safety. LaMarcus Joyner to a one-year deal. Robert Sala really trying to shore up this defense. They got a nice safety. Now it's Richard Sherman going to go to the Jets. What's the holdup on that? I mean, we know that's where Richard Sherman wants to go. But uh, Robert Sala knows Richard Sherman is not signing him. That's not the best look, really. Especially when he's signing, you know, LaMarcus Joyner. Who's good? Who's very solid? But you're not going to sign Richard Sherman? Like, what is that? So, not really sure what's going on with that. Um, but, um, Robert Salah, you know, just trying to have a real nice defense year one because he's a head coach and we know he's defensive minded. So hopefully the offense of the Jets isn't too lackluster because you still need to put up points in this league. And that's what the Jets haven't really been able to do at all this last like four seasons under Adam Gase is have a real good offense. So Robert Salah is still stacking the defense. We'll see what his plan is on the offensive side of the ball, but, um, some interesting just some interesting things here of Rob of Richard Sherman not getting signed, still not getting signed, and Robert Solid making deals with other defensive players out here. So Richard Sherman, I don't know if if you're if you know your current coach isn't really impressed with you, because uh, he was with him with the 49ers, and he doesn't want to take a chance on you with his uh new team. Doesn't really trust you. I mean, as a new head coach, you would think you would want to get people you can trust in another three by Virginia Tech. Yes, sir, thirteen to eight. Um, you would think that um you would want to get people that you're familiar and trustworthy with uh, when, you know, this is a huge, you, like, you need to have success now. So I need to build my team for a win now. And uh, Robert Solid does not think Richard Sherman is that, at that peace, unfortunately, as of right now. Maybe, maybe he signs him right now. Maybe he signs him tomorrow. But uh, Richard Sherman is nowhere alrighty and oh how the MVP have fallen oh boy Mitch Trubisky he's a backup unfortunately but he goes to the Bills so I'm not really sure what to make of this Mitch Trubisky goes to a good team and could you imagine if Nick—if Mitch Trubisky wins a ring uh, come on I mean I'm, I'm sorry but I have to root against the Bills now I'm sorry I don't want to do that I liked rooting for Josh Allen last season I liked seeing them get to the AFC championship game i love seeing their fans get you know absolutely jubilant that they could think that they could win a super bowl y'all went to four straight and lost four of them you will not win one so it doesn't matter how good you are um but uh mitch trubisky to the bills as a backup i mean that's what he is he is a backup quarterback is he he's 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 a solid backup quarterback don't get me wrong he does not give me a great chance in another three by virginia tech yes sir 16 10 um but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, this man is not a starting quarterback. He can't hit you in the end zone. He can't make it work in the red zone. He can't be clutch. He turns the ball over too much. Uh, but coming off the bench, yeah, I would give him I would give him a decent chance to come off the bench. Maybe, you know, in a one-game period. Not in a kind of five-game block that my quarterback's out. Oh, my quarterback just kind of maybe got ejected for some reason. Or, you know, oh, just took a big hit and had to be out for just one game. But uh, that's what Mitch Tr- Trubisky is, folks, a backup quarterback quarterback and he goes to Buffalo. Now I just hope his presence doesn't interfere with the locker room. He seems like a good kid and I do kind of feel bad for knocking him because he just he doesn't he seems humble. He doesn't he's not you know outspoken. He's not saying oh I'm the best and you know clearly not the best. But uh he's a backup so backing up Josh Allen congratulations Mitch Trubisky you took a chance you took your opportunity and you blew it. You blew it <laughs> you blew it kid <laughs> I'll post that on YouTube, and that's just a, that's the name of the clip. You blew it, kid. Alrighty, let's move on. And once again, man, this Marcus Mariota situation is a little frustrating with me. Uh, so here we go. Raiders asked Marcus Mariota to take a pay cut. To an eight million, eight million dollar pay cut that they want this man to that that they want this man to take to get under the cap a little bit better. But I mean, this man was a great backup. He came in and did exactly what they needed him to do for that one game that Derek Carr couldn't go, and he. Uh, I think they lost the game, but it was close. It was close, and he was looking real good in the game. It was a real close game, uh, but. Um, Asking him to take a pay cut. Now, if he doesn't take the pay cut, then I think they just buy out his contract and then he just becomes an unrestricted free agent. So he's either going to be with the Raiders if they pay the man. If uh, he says, hang on, I'm not taking a pay cut. You're going to pay me what you owe me. And then I'm going to go and have a shot to be kind of a starter somewhere else. Because I really, I don't understand the Bears. What were the Bears thinking? You had Marcus Mariota. We knew Marcus Mariota was open for a trade really at the the end of the season. As soon as the season ended, everyone's like, all right, Marcus Mariota, he's actually good to go for a trade. And we knew that a lot of teams were inquiring about him. There was about a two-day stretch where Marcus Mariota was getting all the buzz um, asking about if he was open for a trade. So I'm really not sure why the Bears went with Andy Dalton when you could have gotten Marcus Mariota. I'm taking Marcus Mariota over Andy Dalton every single day of the week, folks. I'm giving Marcus Mariota his second chance here, not Andy Dalton's fourth freaking second chance. All right. So once again, I don't know what's going on with this Bears organization. Matt Nagy or the general manager or both of them are just absolutely garbage at knowing quarterback talent Um, because we do have a story coming up. Is it next? I might just go to it right now. Where is it? Where is it? Right here. Through 2017, the Bears quarterback transactions since 2017. They signed Mike Lennon. Garbage. We just covered him yesterday on the show. He, He started a couple of games for the Bears that season in 2017. And <laughs> and uh, he went 1-3 and three with the Bears. So absolutely trash. Mitch Trubisky also came there in 2017. They drafted that man. So once again, head coach, general manager, trash. Then in 2020, they doubled down with all their trash quarterback knowledge and took on Nick Foles' wild deal that he got from the Jags for some reason because he won a Super Bowl, which is good. But he's a career backup that really just stepped it up and had an amazing run. Um, so then they took on that, cor- that contract and then just this season, And we all know, just a couple of days ago, they signed Andy Dalton. So, man, oh man, you really just have to, Matt Nagy, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of off of him right now. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, saying that he was just working with bad quarterbacks. But he's actively choosing these bad quarterbacks, or the general manager is. Either one or both of them, get rid of them. I mean, what are we doing? Mike Glennon, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, and Andy Dalton? For the last five years, for the last four seasons, going into the fifth season. That's what y'all quarterbacks want to be. Ooh. Ooh. Not great. So, Bears had a chance at Marcus Mariota. I know they did. Um, I really, I'm really not sure why this man... Uh, this man is probably the best backup quarterback that there is in the league. Marcus Mariota, come on. He should be rivaling Derek Carr for the starting position. So... We'll see what happens to Marcus Mariota if he takes a pay cut. I hope he doesn't. Do not take that pay cut, Marcus Mariota. You deserve all that money, honestly, just for that one performance alone. And then you have a chance to be a starter somewhere else. Uh, so do not take the pay cut, Mar- Marcus. They will pay you out, and you will be able to go wherever you want. Alrighty, another rumor here. Are the Ravens interested in Kenny Galladay? Ravens eyeing Kenny Galladay. Um... Baltimore has reached out to the wide receivers agent. That is the rumor we're going around. And that would be absolutely fantastic for the Ravens. A nice deep threat uh, receiver in Kenny Galladay. And that's what the Ra- Ravens offense is missing, folks. That deep threat capability to stretch the field vertically. They don't have that. They got the speed to do that. But they're not going to be able to hold the line for all that speed to get down there. And then... You know, it's just, you know, it's small speed. It's, you know, 5'10 speed, 5'9 speed, which, you know, is still hard to cover. It's not, you know, hard, you know, it's hard as to cover Tyree Kale, who is still 5'10, but the fastest wide receiver, and then goes up and plays like he's 6'1, high-pointing the ball. Um, so you know this Ravens offense is very kind of you know right at the line nothing really more than 10 yards deep 5 yard slants you know the read option the pitch fakes all of that but then you add Kenny Galladay to that mix and we know Lamar Jackson's got an arm we know he can air it out it's not Lamar Jackson's arm that's the problem it's the lack of depth at wide receiver and it's the really kind of poor in my opinion offensive play calling or just offensive scheme in general not at least incorporating some down the field shots because you You need to have that. You need to stretch the field vertically because if you don't, everybody's just pressing up, and um, you're going to not be able to move the ball because of that. So we'll see if Kenny Galladay goes to the Ravens. We know he's probably not going to go to the Dolphins, so real good spot there with him in Baltimore. Alrighty, Let's go to some Jags news now. Urban Meyer says the Jags are not considering trading quarterback Gardner Minshew, quote, at this point. Now, once again, not really great language. I mean, Gardner Minshew is a perfect backup. Once again, a great backup to have in this league. Um, We can go to his stats real quick. Because he does have some impressive stats here. So here we go. Doesn't win you the games. I mean, two years of really kind of a lot of games played. 2019, his first season, played 12 games, went 6-6. Six and six. Not bad. Went 6-6, six six, 60% completion percentage, 3,200 yards in only 12 games. That's really dang good. Um, and then uh, 21 touchdowns and six interceptions. The man does not turn the ball over, and that's the best thing about this man. And then in 2020, he played not or 8 games, started 8 games, went 1-7, once again, not really great winning percentage there, but uh, 66% completion percentage, 2,200 yards in only 8 games, 16 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. This man is having like 3-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio every single season. That's absolutely fantastic. This man is definitely a backup, especially when you're having Trevor Lawrence, who they're going to draft number one overall. Why wouldn't you want to have an experienced quarterback that knows the system um, as your backup to kind of help out Trevor Lawrence a little bit or maybe kind of take those first two games or first four games to get uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence acclimated before you just throw him out there at the beginning of the season. So I would like if Urban Meyer said, oh, yes, this man is 100% our backup quarterback. Absolutely. Um, but we just kind of get, you know, we, uh, you know, at this point right now, we're not considering uh, trading him. But uh, another three from Virginia Tech. Yes, sir, 19 to 11 now. Uh, I mean, that's what that was one of our algorithm points, folks. The three-point percent shooting. We need that great shooting in the tournament. And we're getting it right now. Love it. Um, but Gardner Minshew, not considered getting traded at this point, And I think that's the right decision by Urban Meyer. All righty. Now let's talk about Carson Wentz a little bit right now. Colts quarterback Carson Wentz, quote, I know I gave everything I had end quote, during the Eagles run. And we know he did. I mean, folks, this man got injured over and over and over again. And he still came back and still tried to prove it and still got it really done. He still was getting it done except for this last season. So coming back from those injuries, I mean, really just brutal, crushing injuries every single season. And uh, he just comes back harder, better than ever, better than before, goes out, plays his heart out, and then he gets cut by the Eagles, unfortunately. But um, we knew Carson Wentz is a fighter. We really know that he did give everything. I mean, to work back from an injury, I mean, uh, Andrew Luck got injured once and said, yeah, I'm done. I'm freaking done. Not just with this team. I'm done with this entire game. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not getting hit anymore. But Carson Wentz, yeah, I get hit. I'm out for the season. We lose. Um, I'm out for the season, the next season, because I got hit. And then the backup quarterback wins. And then I'm out for the next season as well. So, Carson Wentz, he's a really true competitor, true fighter, knows what perseverance is. So that's why I think no doubt he'll have great success here in Indianapolis. And then we get a quote by Jim Ursay yesterday. Jim Ursay sees, quote, a golden era of Colts football coming to Indy now that Carson Wentz is there. So now we get owner and management that actually believes in trusting Carson Wentz, uh, where he really didn't have that with the Eagles. We knew, I mean, they put up a statue of Nick Foles after the Super Bowl, really not giving a lot of credit to. To, uh, Carson Wentz during that run, they kind of forced him out, now, he going, now he's going to a kind of system that's built to win right now, the management, the ownership is excited about him, they love this man, they, they're telling him, hey, this is the golden era, you've got it all, go out and you know lead us to that promised land, so I think, I really do think this Colts team is going to be, going to be absolutely dangerous this season. And it's because Carson Wentz is really truly supported here in Indianapolis. So. We know he's a fighter. He if he he just needs to stay healthy, man. Hopefully the Colts are having all their kind of research and development coming up with some type of nutrition or something, some plan to keep this man healthy. Whether it's just to kind of replace everything with metal, everything that's bone, everything that's just cartilage, replace it with metal, man. Just a complete one-time surgery. Get this man right for the for the rest of his career because he's only uh, I think he's done with his rookie contract. Is that right? I think they paid him but he's still only like four or five years in the league so watch out for the colts folks this season all righty justin fields yesterday ooh, swagging on insta or on uh twitter yesterday had to let him know i'll be in the four threes by pro day yes sir i think he um unofficially ran like a 4 four forty on uh this little video he sent out here so let's watch this man run here we go Here's his 40 right now. Yes, sir. This man's a quarterback, folks. 4-4-1-40. Absolutely magnificent for a quarterback to run. And he said he's going to get down to 4-3s by pro day. So we'll keep eyes on Justin Fields. I'm not the biggest Justin Fields fan, but this is definitely turning me around a little bit. And if he could reach 4-3, holy moly. Even 4-3-9. I don't give a damn. It's 4-3. You take it. You take that speed. So we'll see what Justin Fields can do by his pro day. But uh, man, oh man. He's fast, folks. All righty. We get a nice little highlight clip here. Whenever we have a chance to watch Troy Polamalu on the show, we will take it. And uh, we're going to get a nice little highlight package here. Thanks to NFL Throwback tweeting this out. Uh, when Troy Polamalu won Defensive Player of the Year. So we're getting his great defensive plays in 2010. I mean, honestly, I would say this man's the best defensive back in all of football. I'll say that. I'll live and die by that take. I do not care. This man was freakishly athletic. And the reason that I think I love Tyron Matthews so much is because he kind of resembles a little bit of Troy Palomalu. I would put him maybe a step behind Troy Palomalu. I don't know if there will ever be that freakish athletic talent. But Troy Palomalu or not, um, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. Tyron Matthew, all really similar talents here of Troy Palomalu. And this just freakish athleticism. So here we go. Let's see Troy Palomalu work. What a, I mean, what a legend. I mean, truly deserved the two rings, I believe, and uh, absolutely fantastic. So here we go. On the goal line just leaps literally right over times the snap count exactly right. This is how freakishly athletic this man was. He could literally just hurdle an entire lineman before the snap even comes. As the snap is happening i mean just to time it right and then to get off your horse and then to leap over somebody right on the goal line and then to get the sack on top of all of that folks i mean just right there that one play alone will cement you into some freaking Hall of Fame legacy right now, but that's not all he perform. That's not all he brings to the table folks So let's keep it going here pass here just once again steps in front of an Interception and then he gets on his horse to try to get to the end zone And he does because he stretches because he's so athletic and so talented look at him just step in front of this throw Who is this is this Andy Dalton? This will be truly comical. I think it is. It's got to be Andy Dalton. Oh, it's not darn it. Troy Palomalu just steps right. I mean, what a great safety, man. Oh man. Watching this man work. Woof! One of my favorite players of all time, I would have to say. Especially defensive side of the ball, man. Troy Pollam, mother-loving Malu, folks. Alrighty, in the red zone now, tip ball, and then diving at the one-yard line to make the pick. Yes, sir. I mean, just wherever he is on the field, if he leaps, you know something's about to go down. Either he's leaping over the line, he's leaping to make the pick, he's leaping to make a big old tackle. Hopefully, we get some big hits, because this man was throwing some shoulders around in the league as well. Uh, so a nice pick here by Troy Palomalu. Now, here we go against Joe Flacco. Yes, sir, the safety run off the right side hits the hand of Joe Flacco forces a fumble yes sir just look how quick nobody even blocked him nobody even saw him and he comes in here once again leaping (laughs) leaping Troy Palomalu is a dangerous sight folks he takes off two feet off the ground hits the hand of Joe Flacco ball is loose I mean folks if he is in the air you better take notice and then another one, another one it's coming off the right side again, blowing the playoff right at the point of attack. As soon as that ball is handed off, the man is already in the backfield waiting to make the play. He can get off the ball. His timing of the snap count is unpackable, folks. It's really unrivaled in this league right now. Alrighty, now he's doing it against Matt Ryan. Yes, sir. Stepping up and making the pick on the sideline. I mean, just look at this, man. We're toe tapping on the sideline. Safeties are toe tapping. Yes, sir. Okay. Here we go. Once again, just diving in front of the ball. This man knows he's reading the eyes the entire time. Just his natural instincts of where the ball is going to go and knowing the route combinations. I mean, look at this, folks. The man hasn't even thrown this ball yet, and he's already making his way towards that receiver over there. Right here, the ball barely wasn't even thrown yet, and he was just watching the eyes the entire time. I mean, there's really no, no better than that. Now, that was a shitty throw. Don't get me wrong, but still, he... He's able to read it and recognize it and be in that right place at the right time to pick off the ball. Man, oh man. All right. Against the Browns now. Browns going, throwing the ball a little bit deep. And the receiver just going to handle it. And once again, being in the right place at the right time to make that interception. Look at the concentration. This is a safety doing this, folks. You play defense because you can't catch the ball. And he has the concentration just to go. And once again, full extension for that interception. Man, oh man. What a talent out here. And that's not all the best that we've seen from this, man. This is just one season when he won Defensive Player of the Year. And that's just some of the highlights so man oh man i love me some troy Palomalu, honestly folks truly great what a talent man Whew. fantastic all we'll finish up with some basketball stories now and this is um you know it's funny but it's not funny um it's funny because it's disrespectful <laughs> it's funny because it's disrespectful um but here we go we know obviously march madness is starting but the women's tournament is still is it happening at the same time i don't know and that's not great but um So, we do get a little inside look of what the Women's March Madness tournament is working with in terms of their weight room. All right, folks, this is it. That's all the women have for their weight room, folks. The. The just free weights of like the the light ones, like the two and a half to like seventeen and a half pounds. It's the it's the weight rack that you find in the very corner, the back right corner of a Planet Fitness, folks. This is what the women are working with: a set of weights from like two to seventeen and a half pounds. It's not the twenty. It's not the it's not the twenty-five. It's a it's a comically small weightlifting set. So here we go. That's the women's and now they show the men's look at this space. They've got racks everywhere, free weights everywhere. They got an entire room, folks. They got an entire room. And then the NCAA came out and said, oh, the reason, it's nothing discriminatory that we did that with the women's. It's just we had no room. And then this player goes and exposes that right here. Saying that this is their court. So they got this is where the women practice. That's their weight room. And then they've got this uh, totally whole on you space. That's basically almost the same exact size as the men's weight room that we just saw. So all this on use space there for the women. Truly disrespectful. And we just saw this with the bubble in the WNBA In the NBA last season. Where the men were getting all these nice meals. And the women were literally living in like a, a murder hostel. Where they, they had to pay for their own laundry that was coin operated and then we saw that for their meals it was like cheese on bread and the bread wasn't white or wheat it was some kind of weird mixture of both that did not look any appetizing at all so once again the women getting a little disrespected here um it's just truly unfortunate i mean i, I you really it's it's a tough It's tough because the only reason that a lot of... All right, let's break it down just like this. I mean, the reason why men get paid a lot of money for sports is because they bring in revenue. They can sell advertisements. I mean, uh, all the sports that, you know, uh, the majority of everybody watches is really men's NFL, men's basketball. Um, And I'm not saying women's sports isn't great, folks. I'm not getting... I'm not saying that. I'm just saying a lot of people watch men's sports that sells advertisements that means the owners of those teams can sell more advertisements, make more revenue, pay their players more money. I mean, that's that's how it breaks down where the women, they're not marketed enough, so nobody really knows. When, I don't know when their sports are on, folks. I follow ESPN. I follow all of that. I don't follow the WNBA, but I follow those major kind of sports networks and they don't tell me when the women's games are on. They do it like once a month. Hey, this is what we got going on for the entire month and if I miss that tweet, I missed the tweet and I don't know it. So, part of the problem is that advertising problem part of the problem is marketing the other part is just pure disrespect and you know just blatant and disrespect so it is truly unfortunate once again i mean the women getting the short end of the stick here in sports um I mean, if you're even looking into the story, I mean, you see a lot of comments that, you know, women's sports are an inferior product. And I don't want to 100% agree with that. But when we just look at the sheer performance of men in women's sports, I mean, men's sports is more electrifying. Now, women's do have sports that they are better than men at. I mean, um, uh, women's basketball is not as exciting as men's basketball. I'll say that. It's not as exciting. Does it mean it's inferior? No. It just means it's not exciting. Nobody's dunking in the WNBA. So I get it. emphatic dunks in the NBA. And so I'm not try- I'm not knocking women's sports at all. They do they they do deserve to get do be playing. Um they do deserve to kind of get the same respect that men do. Um you know, women's tennis I think is a, is a bigger bigger market than men's tennis. I don't know that for sure. I don't even really watch tennis. Um I just know Serena I think is a more of a recognizable athlete than maybe Roger Federer. Maybe. Um But yeah, I mean, that's the state of it. It's unfortunate... But you really just have to look at the top of where what the money is right now. If women want to have the same respect and recognition that men do in sports, first of all, you need to get somebody on that marketing team, and then somebody and then somebody else needs to, you know, start selling advertisements to these big players, seeing that you can generate revenue. So the owners can make money that pass it on. I mean, folks, I mean, you think the NFL owners and the NBA owners are paying people all this money in losing money? No, no, no. They're making money off the advertisements. Ad- Advertisements is the only thing that matters in this world. If you can sell advertisements, you're going to make money, folks. That's that's the bottom line. Um, but there's really, especially in the NCAA when they're not even getting paid yet, there's no reason why they should be having this disparity in their own weight room. I can't believe it. Um, so, yeah, that's that, folks. That is the... NCAA women's tournament. Not great. Not great. Not even equal. Not even closely. It's really not even close. If you can watch the video, if you're watching the video here, if you're just listening to it, it's comical. It's comical the difference there. Disrespectfully comical. All right, And then the last story to talk about here the Clippers are, quote, exploring trade routes for the Pelicans guard uh, Lonza Ball. Now, is that good for the Clippers? It's not bad. They definitely need a point guard to help facilitate something on this offense because it's just not working. Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard not being able to kind of get it done consistently together on a nightly basis. That's going to happen. You need somebody to be the one and the number two. You need somebody to be the one and somebody to be the two on a team on a consistent basis. That's why the Lakers work. Anthony Davis and LeBron always on. That's why the Bucs don't really work that much or, you know, against good teams because Giannis is usually on, but Chris Middleton or Brooke Lopez usually take a night off uh, when you know on a kind of consistent basis. So you need both of your stars to be on. That's the big problem of the Clippers. Their other role players usually don't have great game either, but um, if you have a point guard that can help facilitate the floor and generate that offense, it should help out the offensive input uh, or offensive output a little bit more. So Clippers trying to make a run of Lonzo. I don't think the Pelicans get rid of him. Um, because the Pelicans kind of need him on the team and the Clippers really don't have anything to really offer head-to-head straight up. Uh, so we'll see what happens here, but it's an interesting trade, and I think it definitely does make the Clippers a little bit better. Even though I'm not the biggest Lonzo Ball fan, I, I think his brother's better, um, and I don't think he's consistent. I mean, he had a chance to play with LeBron and still it hasn't really taken anything away from that. So and that's really what I judge. If you had a chance to play with LeBron and you're still kind of trash, uh, there's nothing I can do for you, and I will not be believing in you, and I will not be rooting for you because nothing good is going to come from that. Alrighty, Those are all the stories we needed to cover for today. Let's quickly go over what happened yesterday in the NBA. And then I don't even know what we do. Do we do? uh, Well, I do want to take a look at everybody else's bracket here. That's in our kind of bracket challenge. And then maybe we'll do our uh, power rankings in the NBA. So we'll see what the time is like. So here we go. Yesterday jazz wizards wizards getting the win over the jazz. Oh my god Wizards win 131 122 over the jazz. We definitely got to take a look at this uh, At the numbers a little bit more Russell Westbrook 35 points 13 assists 15 rebounds on 52 percent shooting Magnificent and he only had five turnovers. I'll give him five. I've got no problem giving him five here especially putting up 35 13 and 15 then Bradley Beal went off for 43 points, 5 assists, 2 rebounds on 66% shooting. I mean, Bradley Beal had 3 turnovers and he only put up 5 assists and 2 rebounds. I mean, I'll take 2 extra turnovers for um 13 more rebounds and about 8 more assists. I'll take the two turno- two more turnovers by Russell Westbrook. All right, look at this. Davis Burton's barely even played, and they still were able to put up 133 points, 131 points. Fantastic. So we get Rui Hachimura, 12.7 rebounds. Off the bench, we get Robin Lopez, 11 points. But the bulk of the scoring, which we know comes from Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, they just need that kind of other third. And luckily, um, it was Rui Hachimura because Davis Burton's did not play. So very well done by the Wizards. Um, I don't think this is going to be anything kind of consistent. I mean, you're you're not going to be able to rely on Bradley Beal going for 40 and Russell Westbrook going for 30 every single night. It's just not going, it's not realistic, especially when we get down into the playoffs where people start clamping up defensively. Alrighty now, let's see what happened with the Jazz now. Donovan Mitchell put up forty-two big old points. Holy cow, forty-two points, six assists, four rebounds on fifty-three percent shooting. Joe Ingles, oh my God, thirty-four points, five rebounds on eight of ten from three and seventy percent overall. Wow. So they had some scoring output to match, you know, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. He over- Bradley Beal there for the Jazz. Rudy Gobert, ten points, thirteen rebounds. Bojan Bogdanovic, 6 points. Royce O'Neal, 11 points. Jordan Clarkson, not really, he didn't even play, or he did play. He only put up 7 points, though, on 18% shooting. Jordan Clarkson, I mean, you know, folks, for six men of the year, it's not locked in for Jordan Clarkson, honestly. So, poor performance here by him on 18% shooting on 11 shots. Come on, got to be a little bit better than that, Jordan. All right, so that's really the reason why the Jazz lose. Jordan Clarkson could not get it done for the, for the squad, unfortunately. Alrighty, Hawks beat the Thunder, 116-93. Let's check in with the Hawks real quick. Let's see what they're doing. I mean, their seventh straight win here, absolutely fantastic. Trey Young, 23 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds. Kevin Huter putting up 10 points, 6 rebounds. Clint Capella, 8 points, 8 rebounds, still gets it done. John Collins, absolutely fantastic, 19 points, and he shot 72%, absolutely wild, but um, that's what they need on this team, they need Trey Young, Clint Capella, and John Collins all to be really consistent, we've seen Trey Young and Clint Capella be consistent, we do need John Collins to step it up a little bit more, and we got some great bench contribution, usually it's been Daniil Gallinari these last couple of games, but it's Bogdan Bogdanovich here, 23 points, 6 rebounds off the bench. Fantastic! Danilo Gallinari still had eight points and nine rebounds, so I will give him I will give him that. And Rondo with uh, eight points and four rebounds in 18 minutes off the bench. So very well done by this Hawks team. Love it. Um, All righty, Shea Gills alexander 19 points. He needs to score like 30 if that team wants to win <laughs> on a consistent basis. But very well done to the Hawks. Love seeing them back on track here. We were bigging them early in the first half of the season, and then they kind of fizzled out a little bit. But, hey, if they're back now, I'm about it. Uh, we'll talk about them in our power rankings. Ooh, can we put them in the top ten? I would like to. We'll just say that. Alrighty, now we get the Knicks and the Magic, and the Knicks, I mean, they win, which is good, and we wanted them to win, but it was a close win. Not great. You can't be having close games and lose against the Nets and the 76ers and then come and, you know, win a close game against the Magic too, because that's not really showing me that you're that great in general. But let's see what's going on with the Knicks here. Julius Randle, 18 points, 17 assists, 10 rebounds, triple-double for the men. Fantastic. RJ Barrett, 17 points, 9 rebounds. Alex Burks in the starting four or in the starting three, 21 points, 10 rebounds. Great night by him. Nerlens Null though at the five, two points, two rebounds. Not great. And Frank Nikitlina, 13 points, 2 rebounds. So Emmanuel Quickly did not play this game and they still were able to get the win. Um Derek Rose did not play this game and they still were able to get the win. And Reggie Bullock puts up 20 points off the bench, so very well done. Some key players being out here, some key guards, some key starting guards. I mean, Derrick Rose was starting, then he got injured, and then Emmanuel quickly got it uh, elevated to that starting guard, and now he's not playing. Um, So, hey, they still made it work, so we'll give it up for them. So maybe this close win against the Magic isn't that bad after all. Um, And then we look at what uh, Aaron Gordon and Vucevic both had. Vucevic, 17 points and 16 rebounds. Pretty good night. Eric Gordon, 17 points, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds. So, not bad. We'll see. I don't know if they can really work together. I mean, you know, without Aaron Gordon, Vucevic was putting up, you know, 25 plus points a game. Obviously, that's going to come down with Aaron Gordon because he's going to demand the ball a little bit more. Uh, But we'll see what's going on with this Magic team. Still really not anything great. We'll see if Aaron Gordon can even keep playing games back-to-back. I mean, the last time he played a game, he was out for, like, the next three. So we'll see what happens. Alrighty, Minnesota Timberwolves and the Suns, and the Suns lose against the Timberwolves. Not really great here. The Suns team after this All Star break has kind of been fizzling a little bit. Not really as good as they have been. So, um, Chris Paul, seventeen points, five assists. Devin Booker, thirty five points, six assists, fantastic. DeAndre Ayton, fourteen points, seven rebounds. Jay Crowder, seven points, seven rebounds, and Malik Bridges, uh, McCall Bridges, seventeen points, eight assists, fantastic there. Not great scoring from their bench. Langston Galloway, 10 points off the bench. Dario Sarek put up 8 points. Cameron Payne only put up 3. So that bench scoring from the Suns really let them down here where uh, Anthony Edwards has been putting up an absolute tear recently. we got to start respecting this man a little bit more. We wanted this man to be a little bit more consistent for this Timberwolves team to start winning games, and, hey, he's been consistent here for the last, like, three, four, five games. So we definitely got to give it up to Anthony Edwards here. 42 big old points, 3 assists, 7 rebounds on 48% shooting. Not bad when you're taking 31 shots. And then Carl Anthony Towns also had 41 points, 8 assists, and 10 rebounds on 62% shooting from the field. So absolutely wonderful job we know that Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards they need to be kind of the Zach Levine and Kobe White of the Bulls uh they need to be the Russell Westbrook Bradley Beal of the Wizards and you know they've been doing it a little bit here and that's why I want to say are they on a two-game winning streak or am I bugging they are on one game winning streak all right they've they they're three and seven in their last ten, so they have kind of been winning kind of I mean consistently for them. I mean, they've only got ten wins all season. So, you know, three and seven in their last ten, that's pretty damn good for them. So they're starting to get back on track here. If D'Angelo Russell can get a little healthy, don't know what his timetable is on his return, but if you can get him back and, you know, run the big three of, you know, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, D low we're talking about a solid starting squad here. Alrighty, Blazers and Pelicans. Blazers back on track here, getting a nice old win. We'll see what Dame Della Bill did. Um, 36 points, no assists. Ooh, that's uncharacteristic. They barely had any assists. Nobody was assisting. They had 11 assists total? Oh, my God. That's trash. 11 assists total between everybody on that Blazers team. Um, All right, no ball movement there <laughs> last night for the Blazers. Uh, but the... Damian Lillard, 36.6 rebounds on 54% shooting. Uh, CJ McCollum, 11 points. Ennis Cantor, 16 points. Robert Covington, 10 points. Derrick Jones Jr., 8 points. So we do get kind of official comp- confirmation. We haven't really said it yet. But uh, CJ McCollum goes back to the two. And Gary Trent Jr. goes back to the bench. Um, so, you know, that gives him a little bit more depth. Depth. Um, and I do want to report we are at halftime with Virginia Tech in Florida, and Virginia Tech is up 33-27, to 27, folks. So Virginia Tech minus 1.5, looking real good so far. Fantastic. Um, alrighty but back to um, Gary Trent Jr. so we get him off the bench he didn't have a great night only put up three points on nine percent shooting on 11 shots so absolutely trash so Gary Trent Jr. is really gonna have to kind of figure out how to start scoring the ball off the bench like he was doing in the starting lineup when McCollum was out so we will have to kind of track his progress but we do get Carmelo Anthony 15 solid points off the bench I mean we're rocking Gary Trent Jr. Carmelo Anthony off the bench I'm about it man this is what we're talking about now you get Yusuf Nurkic back and now we run in uh, Carmelo Anthony, Gary Trent Jr., either Ennis Kanter off the bench. I mean, that's what we're talking about. That's the Blazers team we want to see in the playoffs. So hopefully they can all get healthy before them because that's going to be a solid squad, folks. Solid, deep squad, truly. Already the Pelicans lose again. No surprise there. They can't close out games. Uh, they're young. They don't have that great of a closing coach as well. So another loss here. Lonzo Ball, 15 points, 8 assists. 3 of 11 from 3. Got to cut that out. (laughs) Got to definitely cut that out. Eric Bledsoe, he's got to start stepping it up. He's having an awful season here. 7 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. He's really the main reason why. I would honestly move Eric Bledsoe off the starting lineup. I would put, like, Josh Hart. I would try to get Nikhil Alexander-Walker or Jackson Hayes somewhere in the starting lineup and get Eric Bledsoe out of there. Rearrange the lineup a little bit. Maybe move Brandon Ingram to the 2. I don't know if that would work. Move Brandon Ingram to the 2. Maybe Zion at the 3 three and then Jackson Hayes at the four, uh something along those lines, or maybe have, you know, Josh Hart in there. Get Josh Hart in the starting lineup. But Eric Bledsoe is really killing this team. Um I would put it um if I have to just rank the starting five, I would put Zion one, Brendan Ingram two, Steven Adams three, Alonzo Ball four, and probably Eric Bledsoe five. Get that man out of the starting lineup. Damn. Um, actually we can go to this. Let me go to this. I want to see what Lonzo, where Eric Bledsoe is ranked here. We did this in the mid-season break when we were just kind of questioning our own narratives where we went to, where we went to ESPN.com and we were just kind of looking at the, the leaders of the team and the, the, uh, the league and all of that. So let's quickly go to the Pelicans here. I want to see what... Eric Bledsoe is doing for the squad, and there it is. There it is. Eric Bledsoe is the sixth best player on this team. Josh Hart should be the five, and when we looked at kind of when we just said our top five right there, uh, Zion, Brandon Ingram, Steven Adams, Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, that was the starting five. We're basically right here. Zion's one. According to ESPN, Zion's one. Brandon Ingram's two. They got Lonzo Ball at three. I would put him at four. They got Steven Adams at four, so I just flip-flopped them, and then they got Eric Bledsoe at six and Josh Hart at five, so definitely got to move Josh Hart. Into this kind of starting lineup, Eric Bledsoe is killing this team. Stan Van Gundy, you got it. You you're not winning games consistently, so I don't know why you're keeping this starting lineup throughout this entire time. You've got to start making some adjustments here. Eric Bledsoe is killing y'all. He's killing you. Ugh. All righty. Um. All right. Let's go to. Uh, well, let's go back to the NBA now, since we got that all figured out. <laughs> all right. All right, then the last game of the night, the Lakers and the Hornets. And this Lakers team, sneakily four-game win streak for them. Nice win over the Hornets here. 116, 105 win for the Lakers. Let's quickly see what is going on with this Hornets team. LaMelo Ball, 26 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. Fantastic night by that man. Terry Rozier, 20 points, 3 assists, 5 rebounds on 42% shooting. 2 of 6 from 3, not the greatest, but I'll give them the 20 points there. Cody Zeller, man, 4 points, 2 rebounds. All alrighty. P.J. Washington, 18 points, 8 rebounds, and then Gordon Hayward at the 3. 7 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. Didn't shoot well, 37%, but everything else was good. Just just needs scoring to come from somewhere else. Um, the bench really kind of let him down a little bit. Miles Bridges only put up 6 points. Bismack Biombo put up 7, and Devontae Graham put up 12. Malik Monk putting up none on 4 shots. Alrighty, alrighty. Got to get a better big here, man. Got to do a little bit better than Cody Zeller, man. If they get a great big, I, I want to see them make a splash by the trade deadline so freaking bad. And I think it's approaching. I want to say in the next like week and a half, two weeks. So if the Hornets can get a great big, man, if they get Andre Drummond, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> but uh, man, Cody Zeller, four points, two rebounds. Damn it. All right, and then the Lakers very quickly. LeBron, mother-loving James, 37 points, 4 of 9 from 3. Not bad, honestly. Once again, he's out of that 3-point shooting streak that he was on. Um, Dennis Schroeder, 22 points, 7 assists. KCP, 7 points. Damian Jones still at the 5 here. Montress Harold off the bench, 7 points, 11 rebounds. Love that. Tatlin Horton Tucker off the bench, 12 points. And Kyle Kuzma off the bench, 12 points, 5 rebounds. So, great night by their bench. Great night by LeBron and uh Everybody else just a little mediocre. All righty, that was the NBA from last night. We're not going to do our moneymaker for today's action. We may. any No primetime nationally televised games on. We just did a moneymaker for the NCAA, and I do kind of want to do these other segments, so we are going to have to pass on our moneymaker. If we do one, we will tweet it out, so stick to our social media at TakesByFans on Twitter if we do our NBA moneymaker. But let's go to... Our bracket, now that it's all uh, figured out that we've got it all set, uh, it's officially closed here, our tournament, and we've got two other contenders besides ourselves trying to knock us off. So I just want to kind of quickly go over their brackets and kind of see, you know, what they're saying. Did they choose the upsets we did? All All of that stuff. So here we go. Uh, The first one we will look at is go Rutgers bracket. And they didn't even choose Rutgers to win the tournament. What is that? What faith is that? All right, so let's go to his bracket. Okay, he's got Gonzaga winning like we do. Uh, His final four is Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Texas. Our final four is Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and BYU. So kind of the same there. Kind of the same thinking. We both got Gonzaga winning. He's got uh, Gonzaga-Illinois in the final two. I got Gonzaga-Baylor in the final two. All right, let's go to some of these upsets that we called. Oh, look at this man. He called UCSB and Ohio. Ohio. Oh, my goodness. Everybody listen to us. The president's listening to us. Go Rutgers is listening to us. We called it, folks. Our algorithm is right. Whoever was saying that, I mean, I'm seeing this on a lot of brackets now. So whoever was saying that, our algorithm knows that as well. So give some respect to our algorithm, folks. Um, all right, so he calls those two upsets. And then he has USCB beating Ohio like we have. Alrighty. Ooh, I like this upset he's got. He's got Drake beating USC and what a double down. Drake just won last night by one point. And this man doubles down and says he's going to beat USC and get to the uh, the second round. So love that kind of confidence that Go Ruckers has in Drake. Perfect there. Fantastic. Alright. What else do we get here? What other big upsets? He's got UCLA over BYU. Nobody's given love to BYU. I mean I think Obama didn't have BYU coming out of the first round. This man doesn't have BYU coming out of the first round. All righty. We'll tell y'all. <laughs> we'll show y'all. Once BYU wins that first round and they make it to that final four, y'all will be sorry. I'm t- <laughs> Our algorithm knows BYU is good, folks. All righty. Let's go to uh, – there was some upsets that we had here in the south with Colgate and Winthrop. Let's see if he took that advice as well. Yes, yeah, sir. He's got Winthrop beating Villanova. Then he's got Winthrop beating – Uh, Purdue in going and facing Baylor and we have the same thing. So alrighty Taking our uh, knowledge a little bit now. Let's look at Colgate because we love Colgate heavy We're getting them all the way to the elite eight folks Here it is our Colgate pick going up against Baylor in the elite eight just losing slightly slightly Alrighty, he doesn't have Colgate coming out at all. They've got uh, Arkansas winning right out the gate Alrighty. Colgate is playing right now and so far they're up 20 to 17. So fantastic there. We got them plus eight points. We love them straight up. We love Colgate, folks. Come on. Y'all don't brush your teeth. Come on. Give her some respect to Colgate. Alrighty. What was the uh we got any other We got any other 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 upsets we like? We got the Liberty upset. We got them going pretty far. We got them going to the uh, Sweet 16, losing against Illinois. And then I want to see what he's doing with Houston and San Diego State because those are two good teams that I really think could kind of come out of the South, honest, or the Midwest. I loved what I saw from Houston. San Diego State was looking real good as well. Um, unfortunately, I kind of fell to the conformity of taking a one seed going into the Final Four, unfortunately. Uh, but let's see what he was saying about those teams. So he's got uh, San Diego State getting uh, to the uh, second round and losing. That's where I have them. Um, I've got them going to the Elite Eight. So I do have them beating West Virginia, where he has them uh, losing against West Virginia. And then he's got Houston going to the Sweet 16, but then losing to West Virginia. So this man's believing in West Virginia very heavy. And I understand that. Um, alrighty. So, go Rutgers. Uh, great bracket here. I, I like what you did here. I love the USCB Ohio um, I love the Drake double down. Absolutely fantastic. That's a lot of confidence to have, and I uh, hey, I respect the heck out of it. I Love the Winthrop picks. Not really loving what you did about Colgate, but you know we'll see what happens. You know, in a couple in an hour when the game is over. All righty, now let's go to H G M F six F K S four M N's bracket. Let's see what he's working with. It. He called all these upsets as well. So. He's got the USCB beating Creighton, but he's got uh, Virginia beating Ohio, so he did not listen to us there. Um, All right, he's like an EWU beating uh, Kansas. I don't think we took that. Yeah, I didn't like – I don't don't think we liked uh, him. Yeah, we liked uh, Kansas over EWU. All righty. Um, okay, now let's go to the south here. He doesn't choose Winthrop. He doesn't choose Winthrop. That will be the downfall of F 6 fks 4 mn not taking Winthrop out of that first round. I think it's a little bit of a not great pick there. Um, let's uh, go over. Well, let's keep going up with these upsets and we'll move to the final four. Um... All right, he's got Colgate coming out of the first round. Love that. And now they're up 25-17. Yes, sir. Keep going. Um, But, yeah. Love seeing Colgate getting some love here. Now he's got Texas Tech coming out of the second round against Colgate. All righty. All righty. I don't agree, but I'll live with it. All right. Now here in the east, nobody's calling the ACU upset over Texas, which we have called. So a little unfortunate there. He does get BYU beating UCLA in the first round, so I, uh, I do believe that as well. I do like BYU. Um, okay. He doesn't have BYU going to the final four. They're a little unfortunate. And now the Midwest, let's see, uh, these upsets. He's got Liberty going until this second round, losing in the second round. So love seeing that he's got San Diego state going all the way to the elite eight. And I love that. I love what San Diego state has done. Um, I am kind of decent fans of San Diego state of just kind of what we saw in that algorithm. So I definitely respect him bringing them to the elite eight. All right, what else do we get here? He's got Houston losing against Clemson. Ooh, I think that might be his downfall as well. Um, I think Houston's going to go real far. They could honestly get to the Final Four. Um, and then the last one, what was, was there any other last ones that we needed to look at upset-wise? Maybe not. So now we'll go to the Final Four. He's got Gonzaga, Florida, Illinois, and Bama. Then in the finals, he's got Gonzaga in Illinois with Gonzaga winning over Illinois. So a little bit of a different here. Got Alabama here in the finals. Got Florida in the finals. All righty. Alrighty, righty, so that's the competition we got going against us. We'll see who comes out, who's got the best rhythm for picking, who picked the right ones, who picked them all correctly. Probably us, uh, but we'll see what happens at the end of the tournament. We'll update all these day by day, um, game by game, live by live. So, alrighty, um, All right, let's go to our uh, N- NBA Power Ranking segment. Let's still get this back on track on Fridays. We haven't done one in about a couple of weeks because of the All-Star break and then they resumed play on Wednesday, but only two teams played on or four teams played on Wednesday and then a lot of teams played on Thursday, but there were some teams that still haven't played by that Friday. So we didn't want to do a power rankings there. So with all that being said, we are taking whatever has happened from the All-Star break up until this point. That's our new power rankings based on, you know, what we've already had going up into that uh, uh, all-star break. Alrighty, righty, so here we go. Um, this is at halftime. Can I change this real quick? Uh, let's see. Live March Madness. Got to keep all the games on. Trying to get it to our uh, Colgate pick. That is Drexel, Illinois. All right, that's not Colgate. I'm looking for this big old Colgate upset, folks. We love Colgate. We just got them plus eight eight points, and uh, they're winning currently. All right, so here we go. All right, we got it on commercial. Currently, we'll we'll tell you the uh, the score in a second. But back to our power rankings here. We got uh, heading into the All-Star break, the power rankings were Mavericks at 10, Celtics at 9, Blazers at 8, Heat at 7, Bucks at 6, Nuggets at 5, Jazz at 4, 76ers at 3, Suns at 2, and Nets at 1. Alrighty, now we only have one team. We're only kicking one team out of the power rankings that's currently in the power rankings. So we will bring in one new team. But the team we are going to kick out is the Boston Celtics. Yes, they got Marcus Smart back, but they have not been able to kind of figure out the rotations with him coming back off that injury yet because since the all-star break they went one and three they beat the rockets which isn't even a win folks they're barely having eight players play on a nightly basis everybody's out they're trying to trade some of their players players they are not a winning team right now they're not even thinking about winning that team that organization nobody in that locker room is thinking about winning a game so i mean their one wins really not even a win and then they lose against the Nets, the Jazz, and the Cavs. Now, the Nets and the Jazz are very good teams. But, I mean, the Celtics, I mean, folks, they're in the East. It's an easier conference. They got superstars. But they need to figure out how to start beating some of these better teams. And until they do so, we got to take them out of their power rankings. So, the Celtics are currently the only team that is in the power rankings, not going to be in the power rankings uh, when we're done with the updated power rankings. So, Celtics... Man, oh man, get it back on track, man. You got Marcus Smart back. Get him back into the the number two position wherever you're gonna play him. But um, you gotta start figuring something out here. So Celtics are out. Um, alrighty. So let's uh, go ten to one and reveal our new updated power rankings. So here we go. Um, alrighty, new number ten team. Is going to be the Blazers. So they do drop down a little bit. And I don't want to fully take them out of the top 10. They are very close of going out of the top 10. But we won't move them out just quite yet. And here it is. Colgate is leading 27-19 with 6 minutes left in the first quarter. Or the first half here. Colgate, yes sir. Alrighty, so Blazers at number 10. Since the All-Star break, they have gone 3-2. and two. They've beaten the Timberwolves and the Pelicans twice. Once again, not great wins. All right win Below average wins, I would say. Alright, and then their two losses are against the Suns and the Timberwolves. So they split their meeting against the Timberwolves, but then they lose to the Suns. It was a close game, but uh, we'll move the Blazers down from 8-10 to 10 here. They just got CJ McCollum back, trying to work him back into the starting lineup. Gary Trent Jr., we just saw, is kind of struggling kind of with his production off the bench, being the number two in the starting lineup for so long with McCollum out. Now McCollum comes back, so we're going to give the, the Blazers a little bit of a benefit of the doubt with those two losses since the All-Star break. Let's see CJ McCollum get acclimated back into this lineup. Let's see Gary Trent Jr. start, you know, getting it done off the bench. I mean, he's got to put up 10 plus points every single night. Him and Carmelo off the bench. Uh, So Blazers at 10. Like what they're doing, not great wins. Below decent wins, but um, don't want to fully take them out yet uh, just because, you know, C.J. McCollum. Don't want to really have that to kind of ruin them. Just kind of their player back in the rotation trying to get everything acclimated. And is that another three by Colgate? Yes, sir. They're up 33-19. Respect Colgate. Yes, sir. The 14th seed. Fantastic. And now they're going to go on a fast break here. Here we go. Let's see. They're going to cash out another three. They drive. They pass out the three. Wide open three again. Oh, they missed it this time. Darn it. All right. Let's get back to this. We'll we'll shut this off for a little bit. But um, Blazers at 10. All righty. Nine. We told you the Celtics are out of the top 10, so let's get them out. And this is the new team in the top 10 now. Got to give respect to the Lakers. Yes, sir. I mean... Folks, 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 without Anthony Davis, they're still consistent, folks. I mean, LeBron James will get it done. LeBron James will will everybody to having good games. And that's what we've been seeing lately. So since the All-Star break, Lakers are 4-0. and Absolutely magnificent. They beat the Pacers, the Warriors, the Timberwolves, and the Hornets. Now, decent teams here. Pacers are kind of, you know, below average. You know, just kind of, no, they're kind of average. They are the most average team in the league, honestly. Uh, so the Pacers. I think that was the game before Karis LeVert got um, got uh, cleared to play again. Um, so a solid win there. Warriors, you know, up and coming, they blow them out. You know, they kind of make Steph Curry go crazy in that game. Timberwolves, once again, not a great win, but that Hornets win, they are up and coming, and I do like what they have. But uh, very nice wins here for the Lakers. Once again, we're not going to penalize you for winning games you're supposed to win. Uh, so they go four and zero since the All Star break. LeBron James still getting it done consistently. He's back to hitting threes decently now. I mean that month of February, holy moly, like one of five, one of ten, like one of six, one of seven from three on a nightly basis. They weren't getting it done, but now he's hitting you know three, four a game. That's what we're talking about. So LeBron's getting a little bit better here um, since the All Star break. Other players are kind of filling it in a little, filling it in a little bit. Mantras Harold has been absolutely phenomenal. I don't like that he's not starting. I want to see that man start with Anthony Davis not in the starting lineup Um, so they're winning without Anthony Davis they're winning without one of their best players that they have and I got to respect the heck out of that so Lakers welcome back into the top 10 here at number nine Alrighty, new number three team, and this is no fault of their own, unfor- well, kind of, but uh, the Heat are unfortunately going to have to move back a spot, even though they have been playing very well. Now, so here we go, Heat moved back from seven to eight here, they have gone four and one since the All-Star break, and I know you guys are probably like, whoa, why are they moving back? It's just their kind of what their opponents that they're beating and what other teams are doing. So unfortunate here. They beat the Magic, the Bulls, the Magic again and the Cavs, and then they lose to the Grizzlies. I mean, come on, you can't lose to the Grizzlies. I mean, Grizzlies have been really shaky. The you know, 500, and then below five, a game below 500, then a game above 500, then two games below 500, then 500 again. I mean, they're very up and down team. Um, And then the Bulls, the Magic and the Cavs, I mean, that's not really great talent. The Magic, I mean, you know, Aaron Gordon is just trying to start getting back into some of these games here. Um, The Cavs, I mean, ever since they elevated, you know, or ever since they got Larry Nance Jr. and Kevin Love back, the offense has been absolutely sputtering. Um, and then the Bulls, I mean, Zach Levine's good, but we really can't trust Kobe White. And then besides them, who else do they really have besides that? He's young, sixth man of the year candidate, um, who got elevated to the starting lineup. So fantastic there. But overall, not really great teams, below average teams, I would say. So he yes, good job for winning those games. Um, we're not penal. Well. Not really penalizing you. We're kind of upgrading everybody else around you a little bit more than you. So he, they they're they've been going on a streak. Don't get us wrong. I mean, they they are getting it done. They're back into a nice playoff spot here, the fourth seed. They're on a five game or uh, one game losing streak, but eight and two in their last ten. So they are still getting it done. It's just unfortunately some teams are performing a little bit better than them at this current moment. So don't want to knock the heat too much. We'll move them back one. Um, to number eight. Alrighty, new number seven team, and man, oh man, I'm super impressed by this team, and we put them at number 10 right before the All-Star break, and it was the best decision. We were deciding between Mavericks, Knicks, and the Wizards. We went with the Mavericks at the 10th seed right before the All-Star break, and it was the best decision we've made because the Knicks have been, you know, they, they they're, they're, they're still good, they're still competing, but they're not beating the better teams quite yet. And uh, the Wizards, uh, they just went and beat the Jazz last night. Fantastic. But they're super up and down. It's really, I mean, they really, it all depends on what Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook do on a nightly basis. Uh, So, well done to the Mavs. We move them up to the 7th seed now. I mean, just absolutely getting it done. Luka Doncic, Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench, getting it done kind of on a nightly basis now. So, the Mavericks um, in their, since the All-Star break they beat the spurs, the nuggets and the clippers and then they lost against the thunder and the clippers. So they split their season their series against the clippers. They won the last game against the clippers, so you know the latest game against the clippers. So I would say that's good. You took a you took um stuff away from that loss and then you turned it around and ended up winning the next game the next night. So very well done in the Mavs, beating, you know, some of these better teams, the clippers, the spurs, Um, and, um, the Nuggets, I mean, a great team in the Nuggets losing against the Thunder, not great. And then losing against the Clippers, like we said, I mean, if you're splitting season series, back to back series, you're beating these better teams, you know, that's what we're talking about. So very well done for the Mavs. I mean, they've been going on an absolute tear recently. Now they still have a lot of work to do. You know, seven and three in their last ten, and they're you know they're only number eight in the in the West because they have kind of got out to a very very slow start. So watch for this Mavericks team to start kind of start climbing a little bit more. But they they're making a real great adjustment, kind of the week before the All Star break, carrying it over here to kind of the week after the All Star break. So we'll see if they can keep it up. Definitely impressed with what they're doing. We'll uh, put them at number seven. Alrighty, new number six team, no longer the Bucks, and we are going to have to move back the Jazz a little bit. I don't know, man. They got to a really hot start, and maybe like the, the week and a half before the All-Star break, they started to flounder a little bit, and now after the All-Star break, they're once again kind of floundering a little bit, so... They played four games since the All-Star break. Went 2-2, two two, beat the Rockets. I mean, that's not a win. I can't even count that as a win. That is a non-factor team you're going against. I mean, you have a 0% chance of losing against the Rockets. I mean, that's not a team. That's, I don't even know what that is. It's just some scrubs thrown together. Um, so, Rockets are absolutely trash. So, they beat the Rockets and they beat the Celtics. Once again, not really great wins there. Celtics? Mm, meh. meh. Uh, We just moved them out of the top 10. So that's not even a top 10 win right there. And then their two losses against were the Wizards and the Warriors. Oh, my goodness. You cannot be losing against the Wizards. I don't care who you are. You cannot lose against the Wizards. Um, And then the Warriors, they just kind of caught them at the wrong time, I believe. I believe that was the game. (sighs) <sighs> was that the game before or after the Lakers where Steph Curry was pissed at everybody uh, but either way I mean Jazz are have way too much talent to be losing to kind of these inferior teams um, uh, Jordan Clarkson we just saw him not get it done against the Wizards last night I mean everybody in the starting lineup kind of got it done but the thing about Rudy Gobert and he is good but really he's not like joking he's not going to provide the 25 points a game I mean he's going to put up 12 to 15 and that's really it and that's not a knock on him he's still great out there he brings the defense and the rebounding. But when we're looking at points, we know Jamal um, Donovan Mitchell, he can go for some, but he's kind of light on some other nights. So Jazz, they are good. They are a good team. But, man, some of these losses here, and I just feel like they kind of lost their magic, their allure a little bit, and they've kind of been floundering ever since that point when they were winning and kind of, you know, on like – um, were they on like a 20 game winning streak or something like that where they were like there was a 20 game stretch where they were just going wild like their record was just wild during that 20 game stretch but I feel like ever since that stretch has faded they've kind of like oh we we are beatable we're not kind of you know an unbeatable team here so I think they've kind of lost that magic a little bit I think everybody's kind of taken their play down just to peg a little bit here uh so they're still a good team they've got the talent they got the roster they got the depth they got the bench I mean that's the one thing they've got the players but they all need to start playing a little bit more better here especially Jordan Clarkson off the bench I mean you know he's a six man of the year candidate and maybe the front runner but um, these last couple of games here not really getting it done uh, on a consistent basis so we do have to j- move the jazz back a little bit here alrighty new number five team got to give it up for this team the Bucks. now they're not looking great in these wins but they're finding ways to win so we got to give them credit here so three and oh uh since the all-star break beating the the Knicks the Wizards twice or so for now uh, the Knicks the Wizards twice and the 76ers just beat the 76ers without Joel Embiid which shouldn't be that great of a win but once again we're not going to penalize you for doing what you're supposed to do and also they kind of came back I mean they were getting beat all game uh, Giannis wasn't being clutch at the free throw line in late in the that fourth quarter they win it in overtime I'll give them a win there so very well done for the Bucks for winning games now we see Chris Middleton not always stepping it up as the true number two during some of these games here since the all-star break so he's got to get it done they've kind of been squeaking out some wins here some close wins gotta see the three be a little bit better gotta start seeing some of these other kind of key pieces now they did just get Drew Holiday back I think right before the all-star break so he's kind of made a decent impact. But once again, I mean, we need Chris Middleton to really start to step it up. Dante DiVincenzo's got to be a lot more consistent. I'm seeing flaky games from him. Same thing with Brooke Lopez. And if they can get the three-point shooting back on track, this Bucks team can be good. But it's like good for one game and then just abysmal in other games and nobody's really ever clutch here. But uh, I got to give him credit for four straight wins here after the All-Star break. Getting the job done, beating the 76ers. I get Like, like I said, I get it, it was without Joel Embiid bead, but still at the end of the day you still have Ben Simmons down there. You still have Tobias Harris. You still have Dwight Howard who's doing pretty dang good over there. So uh Bucks at five. We'll see what they do. Not super sold on them. I'm not betting them consistently, but um, you know, they've been winning some of these games here. So we will reward that. Alrighty, new number four team. We are going to go the Denver Nuggets and they have been looking pretty dang good here since the All Star break. Alrighty, so they are 3-1 and one in their last uh, four games since the All-Star break. They've beaten the Grizzlies, the Pacers, and the Wizards and lost to the Mavericks. Now, the Mavericks is not a great loss unfortunately. But, um, I mean, they've got the pieces, Joe kick Murray and Michael Porter jr. And plus they just got Paul Millsap back on, you know, good rotations back at the four Michael Porter jr. Back at the three is making it work. So very well done for the nuggets here. Able to move up a little bit. I think I've, I- I just trust them a little bit more than the Bucks. That's why we're moving them up. Um, I think I trust them a little bit more right now than the Jazz. And we know the Nuggets are the Jazz true kryptonite. So that's why we had them above them here. Um, but very well done. Some solid wins there. The Grizzlies, the Pacers, those are solid wins. Uh, the Mavericks, I mean, definitely got to start beating that team. But uh, we know they are up and coming. So we're not going to penalize the Nuggets too much. Um. So, yeah, I mean, really, it's just uh, Michael Porter Jr. is having absolutely phenomenal success on this team these last kind of the week before the All-Star break and then continuing it here, moving from the four to the three, still having that same kind of production. And Jokic, I mean, he's handling every opponent that they bring to him. So for the Nuggets, we move them up to four. I think this is the highest they've been. Hopefully they can keep it up. A great team all around, decently deep as well. Um, but we'll see if they can kind of keep it up here. So nuggets at four. Alrighty, top three. Now, uh, the new number three team, unfortunately takes a little bit of a step back here is the Suns. Now they've kind of lost their little bit of magic as well. Um, I felt like, you know, right before the all-star break, they felt like they were invincible. Then, you know, since the all-star break, they went uh, two and two in their last four games. So They have beaten the Blazers and the Grizzlies, but then lost against the Pacers and the Timberwolves. So really not decent teams to beat, Grizzlies and the Blazers. Really kind of, you know, above average teams, solid teams. So some decent wins there, but then they'll lose against the Pacers and the Timberwolves, teams that they really shouldn't be losing against. But at the end of the day, the starting lineup is absolutely fantastic. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder. Um, forgetting who they run at the three doesn't really make a difference. Um, but their bench needs to start stepping it up. And that's what was so good about the Suns' team like kind of leading up into the All-Star break when they went in that big run and secured that number two seed in the West right before the All-Star break was that their bench was getting it done. Dario Saric and Cameron Payne and Cameron Johnson all having really kind of great nights on a nightly basis that were helping out the starters a little bit because we don't have to question the Sun starters. That's not, that's everything is solid there kind of on a nightly basis, but that bench needs to be a little bit better. So we're going to drop the Suns back a little bit, but um, I mean, Chris Paul and Devin Booker are still getting it done with DeAndre Ayton. So they're usually winning all the games just because of their starting lineup, but if they can get their bench involved a little bit more, we're talking about a real, real dangerous team. So Suns will take a little bit of a step back this week. And then the 76ers, we are going to move them up to this number two seed right here. Um, and so let's just tell you what they've been doing since the All-Star break. They are 4-1, uh, if you could believe that. Uh, they beat the Bulls, the Wizards, the Spurs, and the Knicks, and then the loss against the Bucks. Now, those aren't great wins. Bulls, Wizards, Spurs, Kings, or Kings? Or do I say Knicks? Mm, can't read my own handwriting, unfortunately. Um, that looks like... Uh, that looks like the Knicks to me. So yeah, the Knicks. Uh, so not really great twins, not you know, you know the Clippers or the Lakers or the Jazz or the Bucks or the Mavericks or anything like that. But um, once again, we're not going to penalize you for doing what you're supposed to do. And they're doing all this without Joel Embiid. So they're making it work without Joel Embiid. Absolutely fantastic. Dwight Howard's been absolutely great uh, kind of filling up for his place. Ben Simmons is always great. Tobias Harris is great. It's just really Seth Curry and Danny Green are the ones that really aren't truly stepping it up on a nightly basis for the 76ers team. But it is still a great sign seeing them win games consistently without Joel Embiid. If they can kind of, you know continue out, kind of winning on this pace of, you know, four wins and one losses when Joel Embiid out. I mean, if they can just kind of manage without him and then once they get him back, they're always great with him on the floor. So, the 76ers winning without Joel Embiid, I think is truly impressive, and that's why we are moving them up a little bit here at the number two seed. And then the Nets will stay the number one seed, 4-0 and oh, since the All-Star break, beating the Pistons, the Knicks, the Celtics, and the... Raptors. So, some great wins there. And then, once again, you know, the Nets not having Kyrie Irving for one of those games. James Harden stepping up and still getting it done. James Harden being kind of the floor general. Still getting it done without Kevin Durant. They're still deep. Joe Harris, always great. Bruce Brown, always great. DeAndre Jordan, just kind of just being there. Just being there. Nothing great. Nothing bad. Just kind of meh. But, um, really, it's just James Harden here. MVP, I would say, front runner at this point. Um, But, yeah. I mean, this Nets team, they're deep. They're great. They can shoot the ball. It doesn't matter. Stop with this. The Nets don't play. Defense narrative What is this? They're winning games. Can y'all relax on this? This uh, James Harden's hitting clutch shots, uh, Kyrie Irving's hitting ch- clutch shots, and if that's not working, they still got Joe Harris, no problem, or Bruce Brown, and then Nicholas Claxton starting to step it up. I mean, folks, this team is truly deep, so that's stay at number one just because they're so gosh darn deep. Alrighty, that is the new power rankings. We'll update this next Friday, but here we go. The new updated power rankings, Blazers at 10, Lakers at 9, Heat at 8, Mavericks at 7, Jazz at 6, Bucks at 5, Nuggets at 4, Suns at 3, 76ers at 2, and then Nets at 1. All righty, we will kind of close out today's show by just kind of looking at the NCAA tournament right now. Colgate just went into halftime, and they kind of beefed it at the end of this game right quick. Now they are down 36-33 to 33 right at halftime. Come on, Colgate, get back in it. Get back in it. Really had a bad four-minute stretch there at the end of the game, or at the end of the first half. Alrighty, but here we go. Let's get everything kind of back on track here before we go uh, for the games of the March Madness that are on right now. Virginia Tech currently has the lead, forty-two thirty-six over Florida. Once again, one of our picks of Virginia Tech minus one and a half. Colgate is getting seven. They are down three at the half, thirty-three to thirty-six. And then Drexel and Illinois just tipped off. They Illinois is winning seventeen to eleven. That was a big old spread. I think it was what fifteen to twenty points that we stayed away from. Alrighty, folks. Well, March Madness is underway. We will get you, you know, updated, you know, on that on a daily basis here at Takes by Fans. We're watching games live. We'll talk through the games. We'll talk through our brackets, through our challenges, brackets, all that throughout the week. And, you know, whenever March Madness ends. So um, now, since we're all caught up on March Madness, let's see if we get any breaking news. All right, Adam Schefter. Here's the interesting part on Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. One-year deal. Oh, so he's going with Pittsburgh. I didn't think he was going to leave. Juju Smith-Schuster. I thought he was going to stay one more year. We said that. Woof. I mean, if Big Ben was coming back, I really didn't think Juju would leave either. So they're going to run it back one more year here. Good thing he's not a Dolphin. I will just say that. (laughs) Wow. So, okay. So other teams had some offers on Juju Smith-Schuster. KC, the Chiefs offered him 8 million. The Steelers offered him 8 million and the Ravens offered him 9 million and he still went with the Steelers. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think he likes Mike Tomlin. I think he likes Big Ben. I think that conversation between uh, Mike Tomlin and Juju Smith-Schuster right at the end of the season about that whole tic-tac thing, I think uh, that must have went over pretty decently if he's still there. All right, Juju Smith-Schuster with a tweet. This is my home. They're going to need a wrecking ball to take me out of here. Pittsburgh, I love you. Let's go. And then he posts the uh, the classic Wolf of Wall Street I'm never fucking leaving," quote. So, heard uh, the video. <laughs> I'm never fucking leaving. Uh, great, great freaking quote. Great scene. Great quote. Great movie. Great everything. So, yeah, Juju Smith Schuster. We thought he would stay, folks. That was our original prediction that he would stay with Big Band. They'd run it back, and here it is. Um, alrighty. That's looking like the only breaking news. Um, all righty. Well, we're going to get out of here. We're going to finish watching March Madness for the entire day. Hopefully our bracket stays intact. Hopefully our uh, algorithm is proving that it works <laughs> since, uh, you know, hey, I mean, like we said, the proof of, proof of concept is there with, uh, with, with the, uh, the playing games from yesterday. All righty, folks, we're out of here. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow.